It is good. Ooh, see, there's there's more voices this week. We have Elizabeth with us. Hi. <laughs> so we gotta do this. Yes, we're joined this week by Elizabeth. Do you want to uh, introduce yourself? Tell everybody who you are. Yeah. Um. I'm. Uh, should I say my full name or do I? <laughs> you do it. It's. You know what? There's no rules here. You can do whatever you want. All right. Uh, I'm Elizabeth. I'm a GPU gal. No, I'm a. I'm an engine and graphics programmer. Um. I just uh did my last day at Disbelief, which is a Unreal, well, Unreal Engine focus, uh, you know, engineering game studio kind of place. And, uh, but I'm headed off on a new adventure soon. But yeah, I do uh, graphics uh, programming primarily. I've been dumpster diving in the guts of UV4 for the past three plus years. So, so what happens is like when we're, if you're somebody's working on a major title like Gears of War and they come close to shipping and they don't have enough engine programmers, usually for the very for the very end of the cycle, when you somebody needs to walk things through cert, when that happens, people um, a lot of companies will hire Disbelief, which is a series of or I don't know, it's like a team of engine programmers. Uh, they've been a lot of them have worked together forever since Midway and such. I, I know you're you're one of our newer ones at uh, in our building. Um, and yeah, they they finish the game. They they're the ninjas that that make things work. So when I fuck around in Blueprint and I do dumb shit, mm -hmm. and somebody pays the price for that, and the person that pays the price for that at the end of the day would be uh, people like Elizabeth. She yeah. is brilliant. She you have to put up with Gwen connecting the wrong line to the wrong box, which is as far as I'm aware is how that works. Like you just connect. Yeah multiplayer to online and then you've got online multiplayer that's that's what yes. i know yeah you just connect the words there yeah. was one from last night that uh Omar was talking about like a bug where they were uh what was yeah, it they, they did 544 ray cast <laughs> per frame it was something insane it was like something was moving along a spine and they were doing 37 ray casts per segment because they needed to determine like what the next thing they had to do, and they were doing it like 10 degree increments. It was just absurd. Oh, and man. that's the kind of stuff that I see often in Blueprint. Um, it's it's funny because Blueprint is a place where the designers can like just play in the sandbox and make really cool things or like take a dump in there. I don't know. It depends <laughs> on who's in there. Um, depends. depends on how much fiber you have in your diet. Like it could be a really rough yeah. day. Yeah. But yeah. But I mean, I. Yeah, but this is one of the things we talk about a lot. I love Blueprint. I love that it's this powerful. And I've worked in systems where uh, things are way more locked down and systems where, you know, what you have access to is like what the programmers give you access to through the API or some shit. Whereas Blueprint is an actual visual scripting language, which makes it a lot more powerful because you can do things. What uh, you can do almost anything, like anything you, anything you can come up with. But that means like one of the things you could do is do like 500 fucking raycasts a frame because you're... <laughs> trying to rotate a spline and you have no idea what you're doing uh yeah, which so it, i can see why that might be you know like not ideal yeah there are a lot of performance issues that come out of blueprints and you know it so the thing with blueprint is like i do think it's a good thing that it's this really powerful tool that designers who don't know how to program can just use i mean it's kind of a double-edged sword because then you get people doing stuff like that but there's also problems with just like the blueprint itself because there's kind of this weird middle layer between like content and code. 
So like, you know, with an art asset or something, that is content. Like we don't generally speaking, like it's a it's a character model. We don't need to open up like Maya or whatever and look at it to debug that content. Um, versus like, you know, an artist is not gonna have to go looking in C code to fix their character. Like those are pretty well separated. Blueprint is like in this weird middle area where it's like kind of content because it's like the game script. Well, I mean, it's still, there was always scripting languages, like Unreal yeah. before this had Unreal script. Every engine's had something, right? Yeah, and I think it's I think it's good to keep, like, game logic separate from the engine code. Um, it's just a matter of, like, when you have to debug something that ends up being a blueprint, it's weird because you end up in these situations where it's like, oh, okay, I'll just go look in the code for this thing. Why can't I find it? And then you realize, you look at your call stack, and you're, like, all these like callbacks and I'm like, oh shit, this is a blueprint, isn't it? And it's just a totally different workflow to like go and, and open up you, the editor and look yeah, at it. And then you smile because if it's in blueprint, that means you don't have to do a fucking compile, right? Like you can just mm. iterate quickly and fix shit quickly. And it's this beautiful. Well, beautiful thing, Elizabeth. It's that, that depends. Uh, if you're working on PC, yeah, it's, you know, if you're, if you're in an editor build, sure. If you're not doing an editor build, like say you're working on, you know, a console title or you need to debug something in like a cooked build, if you change something in Blueprint, you have to cook. And that you have no idea what's, you know, what your cook times are going to be like, because. Yeah, but I mean, how often, (laughs) even, don't get me wrong, we would cook a lot. Uh, I guess this is something you have to do more. Content people don't usually have to worry about that because usually you just get everything working at PC and then other people figure it out for the console. So, okay, yeah, all right, fair. Fair. <laughs> all right, I didn't consider that. That is a pain in the ass that you have to cook every time you do a build for console. What does well, that, do what does, what does cooking mean? Is, I, I guess just out of interest. Oh, sorry, what were you going to say? What does cooking yeah, think... mean, just out of interest? I was kind of following you until cooking. Just uh, as concessions. Is, um... <laughs> It's basically, so you have like raw content, right? And uh-huh. it's in, you know, the art format or whatever. Yeah. So you have to kind of cook it into a format that's like compressed and ready to go. On oh, console. like like rendering it or uh, mixing it down if you're doing audio or whatever into one thing. Oh, yeah. Like, like video rendering. Yeah. Like, yeah. Kind of like that. Perfect. So, Wait. The way I used to explain it to people is, um, you know how when you save off a word, you open a word file and you see words, but when you save it off, if you were to right click that word file and open it in notepad, you see- It's um, madness. Yeah. Madness. Yeah. Think of it like that. It's okay. that process. Taking something that, that's human readable and making it something machine readable. Perfect. Which is and, and Yeah, that, in a nutshell, yeah, that's what it is. Awesome. Sorry, I will occasionally interject with things I just no. don't understand. Please carry no, on. No, <laughs> please, please do, because yeah, because we'll like... just be yeah. This is the first time we've spoken, Elizabeth. My my background is definitely more in the talking about video games. Uh, in fact, it's a hundred percent in the talking about video games uh, realm than it is making. So, the last yeah. two years of this podcast has almost been me and Gwen or Gwen slowly explaining to me how video game development works. So that's another Yeah. This day <laughs> is gonna role. be real this is gonna be real deep in the nerd shit. I feel bad. Yeah. I warned you. You did I warned you that this day, yeah. Yeah. But it's fun for me. No, yeah, please listen. get back to it. You were you were talking about the, the cooking and the and the, the the consoles and the whatnot. Sure. Okay, so I didn't consider that uh one of the problems with Blueprint is um 
cooking a console, that being a pain in the ass. That is true. I will say, oh. most people say that working in Blueprint is a lot faster than working in code because you don't have to compile. So when you're not working on consoles, it's way faster to iterate, right? Um, it depends. So like, it's definitely faster if you're iterating on a design. Like that totally makes sense. You just play an editor or whatever. But the thing is, um, when you're a programmer, like, do you know about the different types of builds? Because there are a lot of different types of builds you can have sure, in shipping. Unreal. Yeah. yeah, like shipping, development, uh, tests, like all that sort of stuff. We so should break it, hold on, break it down for Chris. Like, let me. Okay, Thanks. so there are various types of build configurations when you're like building a game so that you can actually like run the code. So there's at the most like. I guess cleaned up for shipping the actual game is the shipping mm -hmm. build. And that takes, I guess that takes the longest. It's, you know, you have no debug output. There's no logging. There's, you know, it's just what you put on the disk to ship out to actual customers. And then below that, there's the test build and that has very minimal logging. And that's for like, that's like almost shipping. And that's basically when you're towards the end of your development cycle, you use the test build to do profiling and like get the last few milliseconds, you know, gotcha. so you can hit your frame rate. Then below that, and this is usually where we're working is is the development build. So some stuff is optimized away, um, but you know you have all like the vast majority of your logging works. You can put breakpoints wherever, and you can like you know just look at what's going on in the code. And then below that, there's the debug build, which in my experience I've almost never used, and that's like. A, a very, you know, there's tons of debug info, all of your, there's like different levels of, you know, asserts, which are things like, uh, you can put a thing called it, is it, it's called a check in Unreal. You can say like, I want to check if this statement is true, like this object is not null. And if it doesn't work, you, it'll, it'll look like it'll crash if mm. you don't have a debugger broken in, but it's like, oh, this check failed. We need to fix this basically. Yeah. So, are you talking yeah. about like warnings and shit or are you talking about like something in, in the I'm talking like, so for you, like if you were an editor, if you hit a check, it would look like a crash, uh, but it's not actually like a hard crash. Cause there's, there's different kinds of crashes. So if you yeah. put, it's, it's an assert, it's basically like you are telling you as a programmer are telling yourself, basically something is fucked up. <laughs> we need to stop execution right now to debug this because this should not work. Um, versus like, if you get a, a crash where it's like, oh, we're trying to read zero because something is null, like that is a lot worse because you don't know where that's coming from. Mm -hmm. um, at any rate, yeah. So back to, I guess what I was saying about cooking. So yeah. most of the time you're working in a development build. Um, all of these builds also have like editor components. So you can have a development build or you can have a development editor build. You can't run an editor build on a dev kit. So if I'm working on PS4, like I I can't use, you know, I can't just like do something in Blueprint and then run it on the PS4. Like I have I have to cook it because I have to run a development build. Yeah, your life sounds like hell. Actually, <laughs> like I hated fucking cooking. I we had to do that. Ugh, we did it at the end of Bioshock Infinite. That was the only time I worked on a console game. Uh, oh, that's not true. Obviously, the flame and the flood was in, um, was on console, but we had to curve handle the port to PS4 and cooking to uh, like building for 
the Xbox, I did nothing for that. That was like entirely Damion. It, it's like I've had to cook a couple times. I just hate it. I hate like I hate getting a dev kit, the like four hour experience that is setting up a fucking dev kit. Uh I I mean I'm not like it's it's fun if you do it I imagine because you have to work in that stuff every day, it's fine. But like if you have to set up a dev kit once uh every two years, it is just it's like this thing I dread. And I know like I know maybe I'm not the most technical fucking person, but like Yeah, not... setting up things dev kits is a pain in the ass because I've been you know, you always have to like, you know, flash the dev kit, get the latest SDK and then set up your environment. And all that is a pain in the ass. Like we hate doing that too. And the documentation for it is usually crap. So it's like, I don't know why this isn't building. Oh your SDK isn't right. Oh well you how do I get that onto the dev kit? Hmm. Yeah. Figure it out. <laughs> oh, Sounds God. fun. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's great. It's a it's a fucking blasty blast. Yeah, I forgot about all that stuff with consoles. Every all of that walking something through cert. The oh god, yeah, whatever. Um, like, it's funny because like consoles on the whole have much better tools. Like you put a lot more investment in setting them up, but then you have tools that can tell you like way more information that you can get on PC tools. So I was working on a project for like a year and a half or something where it was a PC game type thing and we had really weird hardware with like multiple GPUs and because of the like GPU and hardware configuration like none of the tools worked so if i wanted to debug like a graphics issue like my favorite thing in the world is corruptions i love them <laughs> um but That's debugging good. them without I like bananas sucks huh I like fruit personally. My favorite thing in the world. Maybe like I don't know, a nice okay, piece of well, chocolate. Let me qualify that. My favorite bugs to debug are graphics corruptions. How come? Because um, they're cool. Right. I was just thinking that. I was like, I hope the reason is because they look really cool, which they do. Oh yeah, they super do. Like, have you guys played Pokemon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. The missing the, the now. missing now. Yeah, that thing's cool missing as hell. Now. Yeah, Missing No is the world's most beloved corruption. Yeah, that thing looks amazing. Yeah. Just finding yeah. that terrifying looking like bit of static, it's like, oh shit. Yeah. 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 People That's love... the kind of stuff I love. That's true. People love the uh, the weird art bugs. Anytime anything with the skeletal system that gets messed up. Oh god, like, yeah. This... yeah. That's the best. The thing is, like, I, I'm not like you. I've reached a point now where I've seen it all. And so when I see one of those on, on Twitter or something, they're like, oh, what happened here? Ha ha. And I'm like, here's exactly what happened. Fix your shit. Like, it's just, you you applied an additive. You put a normal animation into an additive. It's not funny. It's like a two-second fix. Just I know, man. It's pretty whatever. funny when people in video games, like, their character models just start freaking out. That That is quite humorous. Like, I was just playing Vampire. And there was a woman, uh, during a really serious little speech between me and this woman who was providing free healthcare to the poor people of this district of London, and where she's been in league with some evil people, and we're talking, all through that, the cloth model for her dress in her lap is just going crazy, and looking like she's got a cat under her dress, it's just freaking out, and it's just oh, like, God. this is brilliant, this is, this is the best thing that could be happening right now. <laughs> Dude, was it like ragdoll or was it like dynamic cloth? It seemed like it was just the cloth. It She wasn't moving at all. It wasn't like her body. It was just the cloth specifically 
just like on her skirt and it was just freaking out. And I was like, this is brilliant. I'm a big fan of this. Or at the very beginning of the game, uh, someone was running towards me. He was like, die, you monster. And then after he delivered the line, die, you monster, he just went into a T-pose and then fell over. <laughs> and I was like, this is brilliant. T-pose ballet, man, that's the shit. Yeah, oh, I was a big somebody's, fan. Somebody's dying though. Like somebody's just fucking dying because that happened. Yeah, I, well, it wasn't ideal, care. I guess, but it was it was pretty funny. Like I was streaming it at the so time. Where's, where's the line? Like that's funny, but what happened to uh with Bioware is not funny. Uh, I guess it's consistency, huh? Yeah, that ha I, this happened uh, once. Like <laughs> yeah, okay, fair. But they are funny, and I guess it, when because we talked about the whole thing with mass effect andromeda and that was kind of a different it wasn't just like a humorous little glitch people seemed angry at like just the way everything looked and moved and yeah. whatnot but Which yeah anyway so finding glitches and whatnot specifically graphical ones can be a lot of fun it seems yeah i mean granted i'm like kind of a weirdo but <laughs> uh i mean you telling that story i'm like damn i want to get like a render dot capture and figure out what's going on oh like brain. why it did it yeah, I really like finding out why, because it always ends up being something really small in my experience. Like, one of my favorite bugs to talk about is I worked on a, a console game, like, when I first started Disbelief. And um, in the Xbox build of the game, there was this, like, rainbow missing no guard reflection. And I was like, what the hell is this? This is one of the first, I don't know if it was one of the first, it was one of the bugs I got assigned. And mm. I got, it was on, you know, Xbox, so I had console tools, which are, like, by far and away, like, much more powerful than the PC tools, just because you know exactly what hardware you have. Yeah. At any rate, so, I was looking in the capture, and, like, I stepped all the way down to the beginning of the frame, and I was like, this looks fine, this is not, this is not getting fucked up at runtime, what is going on? So, I traced this bug all the way back to the cooker, and what it ended up being was um so reflections like at least in this game are like the, the cube maps right so it's a particular format of texture mm. um so in the cooker it was trying to write out this block compressed cube map uh linearly which it's kind of like when we were talking before if you try to right click a, a file and open it in notepad to look like garbage yeah because like it's text but not really yeah so the, the problem was in the cooker um there was some warning because when cooking for xbox the texture format that it was like saving out for the xbox um was throwing this warning like like oh this is not supported on the gpu for the pc which like obviously it's for the xbox the <laughs> hardware is different so instead of doing the right fix which would have been you know, which I ended up doing was just ignore that and save it out in the correct texture, just not for the GPU because you're not using that texture anyway. Mm. Um, they were like, oh, well, I guess we'll just make it linear because I guess that was what the D3D debug guideline was. So like, oh, just save this as linear because that's supported. It's fine, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's the kind of stuff. I mean, that that's like a pretty typical, I guess, graphics yeah. bug that mm. i would see you uh you have how do i put this like i barely followed that i you actually lost me for a bit there like is I'm it <laughs> no it's okay like do you have like 
I know everybody from Disbelief hangs out a lot, but is it? Uh, it it's exciting to talk about this stuff, right? Like when you when you figure out a bug, it's like uh, it's like you've cracked a code. It's like you've solved a puzzle or something, and it's something that people yeah. only understand if they also kind of do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, this is. I guess this is like the kind of bug that we saw at, at Disbelief all the time. And actually, like one of the last bugs that I fixed on my last day was kind of that sort of thing where you get this like really fucked up error or crash or whatever and it ends up being like a one-line fix yeah it's a really small detail that has this massive cascading effect um, i guess what i was about to get into there is what's interesting to me is that like i think if you when you work at a small studio somewhere where everybody is the only one who has their discipline who's of their discipline like imagine if you were the only graphics programmer on a team uh, and you spent like two days, wh- however long it took to find that, right? And you figured it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, does it suck if you have no one to talk to? Does it suck if there's like, because like you can't go to the artists and be like, hey, I figured it out, you know, you you did this, but you should have done that. And be, I, I'll tell you, like as a tech artist or like right now, I'm the only animator on my team. Part of the reason why I'm like online so much and I became so involved with the different animation communities and things is because nobody knows what the fuck i do each day like if i come up with some rigging thing like if i invent something and i i i don't make a youtube video of it or anything i can know that i'm the shit but like i can't bounce (laughs) ideas off of people and i can't like brag about it because nobody has any idea what the hell i'm talking about most of the time you know what i mean yeah i think disbelief is cool because you guys are all kind of you're all graphics programmers or low-level engine programmers so you kind of all get it right I mean, we're not all graphics programmers, so, like, there's, I mean, there's there's limits to, like, whether people know, like, in specific domain knowledge, but I think there's enough, like, of the kind of thinking that we do where if you don't have the background knowledge, like, it's kind of fine. I also think that, like, given, you know, enough time or, like, the right tools to explain it to someone who has, like, some technical ability, like, I feel like if I had a little more time and like a whiteboard or something, I could explain like I the bug I just explained and it would could, make sense. You could, but it wouldn't be as like, it's like how if you have to explain the joke, the joke's not funny. Like if you That's have my to, life. what I'm saying is like nobody, if, if you have to break down something, you're like, I solved this really hard problem. Uh, I had this really hard problem and I figured it out and here was the solution. And somebody else understands that they, and they can kind of relate. They can go, oh, shit, that's cool. Whereas if you have to explain literally every little part and why that, uh, I, I just feel like it loses some impact. I feel like you actually have one of those professions that is so niche that if you were, uh, if you didn't have people around you who who were like that, I think that would suck. I guess that's all I'm trying to say. As yeah. somebody, you know, like I, I've worked at a large studio and I worked at a studio. Like, I don't know. Have you ever been the only graphics programmer on a team or have you ever been in a small team um i mean disbelief is probably the smallest team i've been on yeah but so. you guys are all the you're all engine programmers right yeah so that's like and i know there's subdomains within there but you guys kind of understand with each other like yeah. whatever it does, right yeah i mean there are times where like because my background is so graphics heavy and like rendering heavy specifically there have been times where i'd be like oh this effect is fucked up like i, I have a little bit of an art background too and and i remember it was early on it was on the same game i was like this effect is all fucked up and steve was like oh wow i didn't even notice that mm-hmm. so 
yeah, I mean, our our knowledge domains don't overlap, overlap completely. Um, it is nice that like it is nice that we can talk about like oh it's really hard bug and you know there's that like mutual understanding, but um, there are some things where it's like specific hardware related or whatever. Where, mm -hmm. Like like I have some internet friends, well, like other game industry programmer friends on the internet, and I'm like look yeah. at this fucked up graphics thing and they like understand more than like some people I, I just believe might understand I guess yeah so. that's actually interesting so you still have like other communities you reach out to for this kind of stuff oh like, yeah. yeah yeah I mean game dev twitter is like oh the people you follow on twitter and stuff yeah 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 groovy yeah sweet uh, let me think. I want this podcast to be successful, and you're no longer working in Unreal, so uh, tell me everything. You're free. Let it out. I'm everything free. from the bar. What's, uh, I give you permission to bitch about Unreal. Alright, I was looking to say, I was like, what the fuck do you want to know? Like, like tell me <laughs> the, the know, secrets. Well, I was like, what? No, it's bitch about secret. Unreal. You fucking love uh, Unreal, Gwen. It's like your favorite thing. Oh, it is actually yes. This is something we talk about a lot. I think that's actually why we decided to do this podcast because we were I'm like the lone person that likes Unreal. I go to the bar. <laughs> Just and I you. Like, well. Oh no, Gwen. I mean, you're that person. A, you're Windows Phone person. <laughs> <you're> yeah. <like laughs> no, Unreal is perfect in every way. But like, I'm in a building. Like, there's two companies in my building, right? Like, there's the Molasses Flood. And like I'm the only one that drinks there, and so I go to the bar with this belief, which is all engine programmers who, their job is to clean up everybody else's bullshit in Unreal every day. So yeah, I get to I get a lot of uh, uh, dirt on things like Slate, or I don't know how much we're allowed to talk about still. So I don't even know what Slate up. is, so you know, oh, you feel free. I've seen some shit. Oh like, damn! There it is. <laughs> I mean, so... Don't incriminate yourself in any way. <laughs> no, I This is mean, my advice. So as a professional interviewer, that is my advice. As exciting as Gwen may find it, other people will see and hear this. <laughs> no, I mean... I mean, every engine is, is flawed in its own way, right? Like, and at some point, I'm going to end up using Unity more, and I'll, it'll be interesting to, to compare and contrast. But right now, my experience is, like, down in the guts of Unreal, and, like, all that stuff is fresh in my mind. I couldn't tell you like what the worst part of Unreal is, but I certainly have like stories about bad things that I've seen on Unreal because it's such a massive engine. So parts of it are going to be a massive clusterfuck. Yeah. Um, is this just yeah, because it's like something that's been built on top of something into forever? And so there's bits of it that are just like, oh, it yeah. works, never touch it. Like kind of a situation. Oh, yeah. I, I have, found and fixed bugs that are from I was I was still in high school at the time Damn. Like, I fixed a bug that was from 2003 mm. you like, have um yeah but I mean uh, in, in their defense like you can't my my counter argument would be it's not trivial to update some of that lower level stuff you can't just go through some of that was just really bad code from the get-go and someone like that should never have been checked in so the bug I'm thinking of specifically it was this non-uniform scaling bug so it was something in the editor I don't remember exactly what it was but instead of like passing an xyz 
coordinates to scale something in you know the proper three-dimensional directions it was just like oh we'll just use x it's fine mm-hmm. like no when is that ever fine in 3d <laughs> just one <laughs> like, plane <laughs> that'll do yeah. like sure the x and y dimensions will always be the same as there was z a, or there was a bug similar to that at irrational that it's fixed in ue4 it was in ue3 and i basically the tldr is this like we uh, we anakini changed three lines of code and we came in the next day and our animations took up half as much space like in memory half Mm -hmm. like he just literally changed three fucking lines of code from what i understand it was something that was like he uncommented something or some shit and then it was it was like magic but I mean, the other side of this, to be fair, is once you, Unreal is being used by a large number of studios, and they, it's, if they fuck with something that's super low level in in the middle of a version, like, I'm sure with UE5 they can they can rewrite the guts of the engine, right? But they can't do that now when they have clients that are counting on them and updating stuff. You know what I mean? I mean, it depends on the bug, right? Because they're like certainly with movement bugs that have been there forever since like UE two, probably like that. I could see why they wouldn't want to fuck with that. But I haven't heard anybody complaining. Oh wait, yeah, I have. There are some really old bugs. Like you would not believe some shit that has been hanging around for like ten plus years. Just in the um, in like pathfinding. What do you mean by movement? Oh, no, like, actual, like, controls, like, input movement controls. I think it was, like, a... And actually, I heard Unity had the same problem where it was, like, the matrix multiplication was in the wrong order. So you had to, like, do the math wrong, basically, to have the the movement come out correctly. Okay. It was one of those, like, you know, honest mistakes, but it should have been caught a long time ago, and now that... You know, it really needs to be fixed. Everyone's depending on that bug being there. Yeah. It's kind of like a leaning tower of Pisa, right? So this it's like is a what I was talking over about. now people build this way. Yeah, if you... Direction. The thing is, if you're building on this foundation, you can't change the foundation. You have to stop shaking the jello at some point. So, like, I'm sure they'll, like, yeah. with UE5, they'll, they'll maybe fix that. But, I mean, if you, you can't fuck with something so fun foundational that you destroy what your clients are doing. <laughs> That's the way I imagine. I mean, that's that's kind of why people hire Disbelief, is like, well, there's a lot of stuff here that we can start with, but we want to fix this, 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 and this, and add all this other functionality that we don't have the engine programming people for. So, like, the, the project I was working on with, like, the multiple GPUs, like, we had to make Unreal work for multiple GPUs, and it was just... Mm. We had to, like, totally rewrite like the rendering hardware interface level to support that it was it was interesting it was wild but it was like unreal was never meant to be used this way so i guess we have to do it ourselves yeah do you end up like fixing a lot of the same bugs between projects oh yeah 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 there's a i mean the common theme and like i probably every game i've ever worked on I might not have worked on this myself, but there's always like level streaming. That's like a mm. constant thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What is that? No comment. <laughs> oh. Level streaming is a way to it's basically like so you have all your, you know, assets and content on disk, right? 
and you need to have it be loading in to memory fast enough so that when you're like walking through a door or something, gotcha. there's a level there when you yeah, get there. Yeah. So you've probably seen this in a lot of games because one of the, the very visible problems with level streaming that you always have to fix on, on real games or really probably any game is texture streaming. So you see like texture pop in. Yes. As the like nips are streaming in. So you see like low res textures and that kind of gets better. They get nicer. As you, you turn around and you have that second of like, oh, uh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think a, a way I explain it to people is like, when you have a big game, uh, you don't have the entire world at any given time because the, the computer can't handle having the entire world there for you to see and experience at any given time. Yeah. You pull in bits of it, right? You stream in bits of it. And the way you stream is different from game to game. But um, I don't know. Elizabeth probably actually explained it perfectly fine. I don't know why I'm reiterating it. Yeah. No, I mean, that's a really, in a nutshell, yeah. The, you have, like, your game desk is going to hold a lot more than your system memory. And you, you simply cannot fit the entire game in system memory at one time. So you take bits and pieces out as you need them. Mm -hmm. and, and then you have to determine like which parts yeah. to, to get in and out and so forth. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think that um, what's the telltale sign of an Unreal game is you hit a load screen and you have a spinner and then the spinner like stops for a second. <laughs> if you ever see that, you know that game was made in Unreal. That's yeah. like one of the, the jokes in the industry. Yeah. Uh, we fixed that, uh, I think. I don't know how. Damian worked some kind of magic. I'm what pretty sure Elmore's fixed that bug on a project I worked on. Oh, I, that was yeah. just like a bug? Just the loading wheel being broken was just a bug? Well, so some things are like small bugs and some things are just like design issues. So I don't know the details because I haven't actually worked on this myself, but something about like ui videos or loading screens that has like a different ticking frequency or like a different ticking thread and you can't tick it at the same time as like the level streaming it's something really ridiculous like you can't tick a loading movie like you can't hide a load with it basically is the huh. crux of it and you it's like that it. is the that's the point though. Yeah. You're supposed <laughs> to use the movie to hide your load. To hide the loading. Like, is you it? Can't do it. <laughs> what are we? Yeah. Isn't there like um? I think in Irrational we covered them with a bank, right? Or oh shit, sorry, you weren't in Irrational. Nope. I'm trying to remember. You just assume everyone was at this stage. That, like <laughs> we well, all were, right? Everybody. Yeah, and unfortunately, everybody's left Boston, and now Elizabeth is leaving Boston and the Unreal Engine because she's terrible. Oh, we will miss you, Elizabeth. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I defected. You did. You defected. We hate you now. It's not okay. Please uh, find it in your heart to forgive me. <laughs> we won't. Um, you're dead. So <laughs> she's such a nice uh, person, Gwen, isn't she? She's <laughs> full of love. She's Enjoy the enemy. We need to do one of these in like six months when you've worked in the guts of Unity, and then then yeah. you're filled with like the the rage and wrath towards Unity, and then yeah, <laughs> then we'll like let go. Then we'll get the real deep like which one which one's actually good because I feel like if if your job every day is to clean up other people's mess in uh, so that's the, that's the what you did like I don't know if we definitely established what the company you worked for actually did it just. Oh, so disbelief, like, we're basically, like, we, I don't work there now, but 
basically what distillate does is we're like uh i guess contracts like we do contracts for companies so like sometimes we're like towards the end of ship and sometimes we come on for the full development cycle of the game sometimes we're there like pre-production to the end like the last project mm-hmm. i was on um the multi gpu thing i mean and we had to i think we were basically on there for pre-production until like some people are still on that project i ended up moving to a different one but uh yeah so it depends on what the customer is right so mm-hmm. like we're basically contracts for hire so but we but we're not like individual contractors it's like okay we'll give you a team of engine programmers like what do you need yeah gotcha. so are you familiar with the idea of like ninjas in the industry chris light like if uh if you're doing something bleeding edge for a new platform say you're doing something for microsoft's new console mm-hmm. that they're, they're doing um and you microsoft needs your stuff to look good they'll send you like a uh they'll have people on staff that are experts they drop in they parachute in they're called like ninjas oh There's okay a couple of those I thought like, we were just, I was like, you're revealing ninjas still exist and trained in the art of ninjutsu and they kill people. Ops. Yeah. yeah so, oh, shit. Ops. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. So you're, you're, you're specific, like with the Unreal Engine, you guys are like, we fucking know this shit. If you, if you're making a game with this, you come to us and we fix your shit right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. That's pretty much exactly what this belief is about. Nice. Mm. What is, can you talk about specific projects you've worked on? Like what, what's the coolest stuff you've worked on? Let's see. I asked um, the hard hitting in depth questions. No, what's your favorite thing? Like, that's why I'm a pro. I don't know how much she can say it's announced. That's the problem. Um, is it all like, about, has so anything come out? Gears of War 4. I can talk Ooh. about that a bit. Nice. Yeah. yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah. I got to work on, so I worked on the, the Xbox version and I worked on the, the windows like uwp yeah port after a little bit and the biggest thing that i worked on on that project i kind of did a bunch of different stuff but i did a lot of work on the gpu particle systems Ooh. so um you know what do you know what particle systems are and like what, what they do vaguely all? i i believe okay. they are systems for the creation of particles <laughs> yeah so like if you see smoke <laughs> or fire rain, yeah. anything that's kind of like an amorphous effect um those are particles so unreal has gpu particles which are you can't make as many of them but you have more control um because they run on the cpu yeah and then they have gpu particles which um are a little bit more restrictive in terms of what they can do but you can make way more particles with it because it's all like packed into a texture that you just send to the gpu and simulate there so one of the things i worked on for that project was there were a bunch of features that the artists wanted that were in CPU particles, but did not exist in GPU particles. And I had to so fucking do cliche, some pretty wacky shit to make that work. Yeah, that's the definition of Gears of War. Sparks. Is it? Oh, yeah. Sparks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love. Yeah. I really enjoyed that game. That game was fun. I liked it. Yeah. But then I, I liked all the other Gears of War, except that random one that had nothing to do with, uh, what was that one that had nothing to do with the actual main storyline and was just remembering things? It doesn't matter. It was on the Xbox 360. Um, mm. Yeah, no, that game was a lot of fun. And yeah, there's loads of sparks and smoke and <laughs> all sorts of shit in that game. Rain, blood. That was actually one of my 
one of my favorite bugs from that project was uh i was working on getting wind to work right with something and i had this bug that was like uh blood puffs off in the wind so like if a character got shot yeah you'd see like a, a smoke trail but what it actually was was blood just puffing off in just the wind. puffing away into the wind yeah <laughs> that's how blood works yeah it's yes. basically a smoke maybe if, if you shoot someone water. good enough <laughs> <laughs> that's how it works i remember though that was the first uh i think that was the first actual e3 i attended that i got to go to the press conferences and i remember watching the gears of war 4 like the bit that sticks in my mind is actually involves wind because that the first time they showed off that game it involved a giant storm and like stuff flying everywhere and it was like wow oh, that was really cool so I specifically yeah, remember exactly. things relating to wind in Gears of War 4, weirdly enough. Yeah, I worked on that system a bit. It was fun. Nice. Um, another big thing I do on this, well, I guess a lot, like, one of the big things I just believe does in general, but a lot of the time I spent towards the end of that project was, like, a performance optimization. So, mm -hmm. like, I talked a lot about, like, debugging and fixing stuff, but one of the things that, that Gwen mentioned earlier was, like, change three lines of code and suddenly your animations take up half as much space or something. That was, a, that's not, you don't get those every day. No, <laughs> those you are don't. Those rare wins. Yeah. No. <laughs> Usually, Chris, what they get is like, they'll go and they'll, you know, you have an idea of what like frame rate is, right? Yes. Like how many FPS a game is. Yeah, very Maybe. important. Okay, cool. All right, 1080, 60 plus. So what they can do what is they can pull the up internet. a frame and they can look at how, how much time that frame is taking. And what, what is taking that frame so long? And they kind of drill down into that, right? As uh, in just the appearance of the frame in relation to when people are seeing the frame, which are we talking like dropped frames when it, or when, when the computer how many starts saying draw the frame until the frame is drawn. Gotcha. Gotcha. Correct me if I'm wrong, Elizabeth, because I could be. But yeah. like there's, there's different parts of that, right? That happen. Yeah, it's kind of like from... From the moment you start building everything to make that frame until you actually draw it. So there's a lot of different things that go into making a single frame of the game. And it's not just rendering code, but um, all of that. So usually, you know, people talk about frame rates, um, but when we're doing profiling and stuff, we're more often than not talking about milliseconds. Like how mm -hmm. many milliseconds does it take to simulate wind or how many milliseconds does it take to draw the shadows i think and... this is what i was saying at the bar last night is because a lot of the um the complaints about whether or not blueprint is slow i think in my mind is kind of missing the point because at the end of the day the thing that takes the longest is drawing the frame right like it blueprint is slow if you do very dumb shit like a million fucking ray casts or something like that but on the whole like the thing that makes games that has the reason you have low FPS is usually your your rendering code, right? And your well, experience as an expert. I mean, not necessarily. It depends, and like anything can be fucking up your performance. Really, there's so there's like frame rate is not just about the rendering. Um, I don't know if you've heard the terms like CPU bound and GPU bound. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. So it could be you're taking the most time, you know, just raw milliseconds. Like if you have 16 milliseconds to do everything you need 
from getting your input, updating your character positions, simulating all your physics, drawing mm -hmm. it, and then putting it on the screen if you want to hit 60 frames per second. Sure. So it could be that your physics simulation is, you know, taking, you know, 10 milliseconds because some moron decided that it was a good idea to put physics objects sure. on, like, oh, suddenly your rocks that should be static or not physics objects are, like, dynamic. But I guess my theory, what the argument I would make is that even that, like, what you're, what you're still saying is that it's content. The reason why you have low FPS is usually content, right? Mm, like I, I mean, again, not necessarily. So, like, a lot of the times, yeah, there can be content, but... Um, but sometimes, I mean, oftentimes, just as... I was, I mean, that's hard to say, like... It's 50-50 or not, but I've seen egregious uh, performance issues, both from content and code. So um, before I worked... doing dumb sh Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. People, I mean, sometimes it's, people are doing dumb shit because they're being dumb, and sometimes people are doing dumb shit because, like, they had to or because the documentation's bad and they didn't know any better. I mean... Mm. People are not usually trying to do dumb shit. Oh, I'm leaning hard into it, man. <laughs> I just so, want to shoot the moon. So, yeah, I mean, uh, there's, I mean, there's always, there's a grain of, like, you should know better. Like, for example, mm -hmm. you know, you shouldn't put 4K textures on a box that's going to be, you know, 20 meters away. Probably yeah, not. Probably doesn't that. need it. <laughs> we're still getting into, like, I, I in... Uh, maybe yes, it's because I was maybe it's because I was lucky, but yeah, and on Bioshock Infinite or most of the games I worked on, the lion's share of um, what the programmers were doing was isolating times when we had content problems, and then most of the fixes from like the biggest wins were always in like the dumb shit like that, fixing your content to not have um, you know like 4K textures a million miles away and that sort of thing, right? Yeah. And I have a lot of opinions about that, but I let me tell you like a really good example of when it was totally the fault of the programmer. I mean, whether you can really blame them or not, okay. you know, whatever. But so before I worked at Disbelief, I was a graphics dev support engineer at Sony, and I got flown out to um, Edmonton to go check out what was going on on uh, Bioware. Uh, I got to go see what was going on with Dragon Age Inquisition because they were getting like horrific frame rates in this one level. Um, have you guys played Bio or, God, I keep saying that. Dragon Age Inquisition? Yes. Yes. Okay. So you know the Hinterlands level? It has all the trees and stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they were getting like really bad frame rates on that level in particular and they couldn't figure out why. So one of my friends, um, you know, I talking to him we're like okay we should probably fly you out here so you can like look at our frame in person and see what the fuck is going on so i went out there and like we were kind of going through the profile and this is an example of like why console are amazing so we got some captures we're looking at the frame we're like huh okay nothing looks immediately suspect but i was like why don't we try turning off some stuff so we tried disabling like particles, tried disabling some other stuff. I was like, why don't we try disabling foliage? So when we did that, it's like suddenly, oh, wow. Okay, that was way worse than it should be. So it was this really little known and ill-documented um, setting in shader code uh, that 
you had to turn on it's really convoluted and i won't even try to explain it but basically um with foliage like leaves and stuff it's like you have a cutout so you have like a a plane and there's an alpha channel where it's like see-through and there's parts that it's not see-through that turns out it's kind of complicated um to do in shaders and not lose a ton of performance so we tweaked this one setting to get the hardware to basically use the hardware right for these shaders and suddenly we went from you know we got 15 milliseconds back we went from Mm -hmm. 23 frames per second to 30 frames per second yeah every now and then you comment on a line of code and you save like half your frame it's yeah yeah Yeah. and it was like these are like these are really smart people like this was partially like it was not well documented and partially it was just like kind of convoluted and weird but Mm -hmm. um yeah so it's not always content sometimes it's just the code being bad for whatever reason. Yeah, that wasn't what I was getting at. I was trying to get you to justify my bullshit with because I'm using a, a. And now the purpose of this entire show what? becomes clear. It's true. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about blueprint scripting last night and visual scripting languages in general, and like if they if they have a future and how cool it is, and the fact that yeah. I'm making a fucking game entirely in blueprint right now, to the I mean... uh, chagrin of Scott. Oh my god, yeah, that was kind of funny watching you guys both be like, it's great versus it's not great. It's yeah. like, guys, okay, so my problem with Blueprint mm-hmm. is, you know, it's not that, like, I think the freedom to be able to do what you want as a designer is good. I think that's fine. My problem is more about, like, the tools involved with debugging it as a programmer. Because it is basically running code. Like there is an interpreter in the engine that is running code that is blueprint. But the thing is that the workflow, I think this is the main thing is it's a user experience issue. Um, If you want to figure out what is going on with blueprint and you're in code, like as a programmer, what you want to do is you want to just step into the debugger and look line by line because that's just how our workflow is. Mm-hmm. you can't do that so what you have to do is you have to open up the editor and go into blueprint it's like a totally different workflow and you can't really you, it's not as easy to just see what it's doing while it's active but i mean there's i i would say most of the projects you work on are large studios right like you work mm-hmm. in large studios and yeah. it's pretty common in a large studio if you're a designer or somebody and you have a problem and you realize the problem's in code you go to a programmer and you say hey the problem's in code and then they have to fix it why isn't the opposite true? Like, why can't you go to a, be like, oh, the problem's in Blueprint and then leave it to a designer? Do you feel like you just have to take, I know disbelief can't because uh, you yeah. guys, you know, I, you're going to fix it. But I would I argue think... that, that 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 should just be the way it is. Like, if, if we're going to, like, I'm as helpless if I, yes, I could open Visual Studio, but I'm not going to fucking open Visual Studio if there's a problem. I'm going to go to a programmer. If I'm at a large studio and I'd be like, I think something's wrong here-ish, right? Yeah, so I think part of that is probably like we can't just roll up to a designer's desk and be like, what did you do here? Because we work with remote studios yeah, and we don't always have access to, you know, who it is who wrote that. Um, but, you know, part of it also also just you can't diff content. And I think a lot of the time, if we could just diff content, it would make our lives so much easier. Yeah. 
because most of the time, you know, we do like perforce archaeology. Like if we know that there's a change list, we have some code changes we know was fine, and then something broke, and we're like, okay, well, let's trace back what, like, who checked in what, and what the change in the code, and we're like, oh, okay, I see what happened, then we can just fix it. Of course. With yeah. Blueprint, people check that in, and you can't diff it without loading it up and looking at it in the editor, and then, like, you can't really compare it side by side unless you have, like, two versions of the engine running. Isn't there, um, like, a, isn't there some kind of differ? Like, there's a way to diff Blueprint. I've never used it. We had a bad time trying to use it once. So, I I heard Steve mention that last night. Apparently, it corrupts your original files. So, uh, I I would hesitate to use such a tool. Yeah. I would be um, terrified. I heard that you can merge Blueprint. Like, there's some experimental way to merge it. And I'm like, I'm going to wait for that to be very well tested. Like, that, I will say that it's the downside of visual scripting languages, right? Yeah. Is that it's got all this extra data. I would say, yeah, that's probably the biggest downside to visual scripting languages. I can see how that'd be a pain. I yeah, can definitely I mean, see how diffing would be useful. I think if there was a way to basically see the underlying, you know, text script and be able to diff that, that would be really helpful. Because mm -hmm. I think it was like, you know, action scripts and flash or whatever. You could do stuff in the like visual editor, then you could actually look at your action script code. And if you knew what you were doing, just edit the code. Mm -hmm. um, but you had a way to diff it, which you don't have a way to do that. And I think that's actually a lot of problems that we see with content too, is they're not, there are no diff tools really. Like you can't diff a U asset or a U level, which sucks. Cause then you get artists where it's like final version, final, final version, change <laughs> some stuff. It's like, thanks. I don't know what you changed, but it's now the my life, Elizabeth. 10 milliseconds slower, please fix it. <laughs> Just hit a little close to home there, Elizabeth. Hey, it's not your fault because the tools suck. I, oh, I, I love Unreal. You know, I haven't had anything better. That's the problem, right? Like, there is nothing <laughs> yeah. better. Now the like, truth comes out. Like, there's. She's had nothing well, better. I mean, she loves it, but until well, something else comes along. <laughs> well, I, I think there won't be. We were, we were talking about this a little bit last night. We were like, you know, or I was asking you, you know, okay, you think that the animation tools in Unreal are like the best in the industry. And yes. maybe that's true. Maybe Frostbite. There's probably stuff about it that pisses you off that could be better. Um, I plead the fifth. No, well, I mean, I. What I, one's I, the I really fifth? Like What's the fifth one? Oh, oh, in America, when you're guilty in court, you have the right to not incriminate yourself by saying, "I plead the fifth." It's and that's an amendment. amendment. All right. Okay. Yes. Yeah, cool. A, anyway, no. Um, I think most of my problem. I do have problems, of course. I think most of my problems come down to uh, the tick rate being separate between the animation blueprint and the actual um, what do you call it? You actually probably know this better than me. You know how the like animation this, thread. Yeah. Like the tick rate being insane. different is really painful sometimes. And the, um, I would argue, but again, like this is stuff, like if you're deep in the guts, every now and then, it, shut up, I love Ascension. But yeah, I think that's probably not ideal. And I think uh, what else? In general, I think there's, um, there's a lot of different ways to do the same thing. Personally, I would prefer it if like, I mean, it's no big deal. I just ignore the stuff I don't... Like, I never use anim montages, for instance. But I, I think it would... The engine might be... Uh, I'm on the fence about that. The engine might be stronger if a lot of that stuff didn't exist. I would prefer it if... If all studios had to use this... Do things the same way, mostly using the animation blueprint system and the animation tree system, rather than relying on um, 
the montages and the other kind of uh, half steps tools that would make it easier for us to debug each other's stuff if you have to jump into somebody else's project. Mm -hmm. I think that would be maybe a complaint. It would be that there's a lot of different ways to do the same thing. Um, from, yeah. But I'll say from a, like a workflow standpoint, I have not seen anything as powerful. Like it's in, it is incredibly powerful. Um, especially now that you have the new skeletal control stuff and that like where you can put a skeletal control in a specific part of the tree, for instance, is insanely powerful. The ability, all the stuff to drive textures and blend shapes based on pose stuff. Like Elizabeth, this is a this is a beautiful fucking system. I love it. I, I like we're at a place right now where I I can't take on another pet project, but a pet project I would take on would be just rigging a character entirely in Unreal because I think you can. Like I don't think you need to export bones anymore. I think you can do. There's so many procedural tools. Like I mean, I've I I'm a rigger by trade initially, right? Like so I know how to rig a character, and I'm pretty sure I could using the math libraries and Unreal and everything. I think I could like recreate a rig and a skeletal cons. Uh, system in Unreal. The problem is that, like, at the end of the day, there's really no reason to do. I mean, you get a couple of wins if you have, like, if your twist joints are procedural rather than baked out to bones, then they'll work on your rag dolls. Like, it could do some cool stuff here and there, but I, I don't know. Like, I think, uh, I don't know where I'm going with that. So, like, it's, it's something you would do just, it's something you would do just to do it to be like, I could. Just to prove really, a point. There's no real practical. advantage to it. Like, <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that that's really, like, fun side projects that are like, oh, I bet I could fucking do this. And then you do it, and you're like, oh, that's a cool tech demo, I guess. But, like, at the end of the day, this isn't going to be useful in any way. Like, in a in a shipping game, there's... You want to do the simplest thing that gets you from... That proves out your art style, your your design, your whatever it is you're trying to do. Um, you generally don't... I would call that um, a solution in search of a problem when you start doing mm. stuff like that, you know? Yeah. I agree, Gwen. I agree. That sounds like a <laughs> profound waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No Thank problem. Thank you, Chris Light. Thanks for putting up with us today, Chris Light. I know, like, this is not fun for you. I'm sorry. No, there, there, I, there's definitely a lot of shit in there, like, uh, that you've explained, Archie Elizabeth, that's just, like, the the milliseconds to rendering a frame. I didn't know about that. And that sort of stuff's genuinely interesting, like how the actual nut... This is the stuff I want to know, and because Gwen uses that one where you just draw lines to the thing, I mean, she has no idea. So I, I want to learn the, the the nuts and bolts, so it's some interesting stuff. I like it when you call blueprint drawing lines to the thing. That's because cool. I don't know what it is. I, I, I just watch that's Gwen, because Gwen streams her development, so that's, that's my entire frame of reference. I'm like, there's these boxes with lines. I guess that's how you make games now. <laughs> all i know <laughs> yeah well you're not wrong <laughs> uh it's an art this goes back to um a lot of like i personally love visual scripting languages i think they're cool but i think they work really well if you're um, specifically me like a small developer don't have don't want to open visual studio i don't need to uh diff and merge things if i'm a solo developer i just well maybe i might have to diff things later if i have like write it too much shit but like for the most part, um, it, those tools are a lot more useful when you're debugging other people's stuff. Um, obviously, I don't need to merge because I'm a solo developer. Uh, I, and I think like we leaned heavily on Blueprint in, at the Molasses Flood. And there was times when I would argue you do change how you structure your content when you're a team working 
mostly in blueprint. So like for the flame and the flood, we, we would go for having more dot U assets rather than um, keeping everything in one, like keeping everything in the player controller in one, one asset, because if Damian has the player controller checked out, then I can't work. If I'm doing something that's, you know, that requires me to have the player controller checked out. Whereas if it was in code, you'd probably just write code and merge it. So it does change how you structure your data. That's true. Uh, right. Yeah. And like, I think that's, that's kind of my main complaint about, I guess, blueprint and how content is usually in general is because you can't diff it, you can't merge it. So yes. only one person can work on it at a time. Yeah. Which sucks. Unless you're like fucking weekend hero status. Elizabeth. <laughs> no, I think, uh, I don't No, obviously no major AAA company is using Blueprint uh, exclusively or even as much as really. Well, so, I mean, not exclusively per se, or they do a lot of stuff. It depends on how many engineers they have. And that's often See, why, like, they wish yeah. they could have more engineers, but they can't. But there's them. like four and the yeah. entire industry has to fucking share them. Exactly. You can't even keep Elizabeth in Boston for a couple of years. <laughs> Jesus. So, like, they end up having a lot of stuff in Blueprint, which, you know, eventually they have to nativize it. They have to turn it into C++ because once you get to a certain point of so much Blueprint, you start to get performance issues because at the end of the day, like, raw C++ is just going to be faster than interpreting a Blueprint through mm -hmm. the Blueprint interpreter in Unreal. Yeah. I mean, eventually. How long does that take? How many how many lines of code can I? <laughs> how many blueprint nodes do I get before I have problems, Elizabeth? I mean, it it depends. I don't know. Like part of it is how much content you have, and like, mm. like where are your milliseconds going? That's what it all comes down to. Like whenever you talk about performance, it's like where are your milliseconds going? Sometimes you just have those milliseconds because, like, say you're not super pushing the hardware graphically and you're not doing any complicated simulations and mm. you know you are easily hitting 60 so sure yeah you can spend the extra like five milliseconds on yeah. blueprint you know cumulatively like whatever so hitting 60 who cares <laughs> yeah especially if apparently you can just fix a bool in foliage and like save 20 milliseconds or some shit so who cares <laughs> All blueprint all the way. Exactly. Well, Elizabeth, thank you for being here. Thank you very much for being on the show. Uh, for people in the Thanks Twitch chat, uh, the people not listening at home, we're going to stick around and answer a few questions if you have any. So if you have any, please prepare them. But for people listening at home, thank you very much. Elizabeth, where can people find you on the internet for those listening on their phones right now? Uh, so I am on Twitter, uh, Ice Tigers. Um, I am... I use that handle other places too, but Twitter's probably the best place to find me for like the good game dev content. <laughs> the good shit. The good shit. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, this has been Elizabeth Bommel. Did I say your name right? Elizabeth Bommel, yeah. mm -hmm. Chris Light, and Gwen Frey. And you've been in the dialogue box. <laughs>